This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Phil Mickelson is the oldest golfer to ever win a major championship. Hey, welcome into a very special edition of At The Turn just Joe today. Nick will be back later on in the week, but I had to hop on here, share my thoughts about my favorite golfer accomplishing something that has never been done in the history of golf, a 50-year-old winning a major championship. So today, going to go through how he got it done, then go into what this means, and then it fills place in history. Obviously, when someone with this kind of career accomplishes something of this magnitude. People want to immediately talk about their place in history. Then I'll wrap things up with a few tidbits from some other non-Phil players. But obviously the focus is going to be on Phil Mickelson. So Phil, long shot coming in is an understatement. There's all kinds of stories about people grabbing Phil at crazy odds to win the PGA Championship. I saw as much as 300 to 1. Coming in, he's one of the biggest long shots ever to win a major championship. So let's jump right to Sunday. Phil and Brooks in the final group, a dream pairing for a major championship. Really, I was trying to rack my brain of a final pairing with this many accomplishments on a Sunday. And it's been a while, man. I can't really remember a time when we've had something like this in the past Five years, 10 years, 15 years, you basically have one of the most accomplished golfers in history, certainly going in top 20 without question. And then Brooks Kepka, the most accomplished golfer in major championship golf over the last five years, four victories, pile of top tens. Right away, scary time for Phil Mickelson. First hole, two shot swing, Brooks with the birdie, Phil with the bogey, and you think immediately, Oh, no. Is he really going to give it up that quickly? And then on hole two, immediately a three-shot swing. Brooks doubles number two. Phil gets the birdie. Phil then bogeys number three. Things settle down a little bit. And then Phil holes out from the, we'll call it, sandy area. No bunkers at Kiowa Island. 
crowd goes crazy, and that's that's really the first time that I thought to myself, okay, maybe there's some film magic happening today when he had that hole out on five. And they end up making the turn fill birdies seven, Brooks bogey seven. So the two par fives on the front, Brooks plays them in three over, and Phil plays them in two under. So standing on the 10th tee, Phil has a two-shot lead over Brooks Kepka. He is at seven under, and Brooks is at five under. Then, after the 10th hole, Phil stood on 11 tee with a five-shot lead with eight to play. Now, everyone knows Phil very well. He doesn't make things easy on anybody. But on 13, he hit it in the junk, into the hazard, and you think to yourself, all right, well, this is where it starts to come apart. But he makes a good bogey, makes a good bogey. Very next hole, he misses a short par putt on 14. And this is danger time, because on Saturday, he also had a five-shot lead, and it got whittled down to one by the end of the day, and that's where he started on Sunday. To me, the biggest shot he hit was the tee shot on 15. The hole that he made, a big score on Saturday, he rips a tee shot down the middle, makes par. Brooks made a birdie on 15, that lead continuing to shrink. Then he crushes one on the 16th tee. Phil steps up after Louie makes birdie ahead of him on the green on the tee box on 16, he pounds it, hits it by Brooks, the longest tee shot anyone hits all day. Phil rips a six iron over the green, then gets up and down for birdie. So Phil has a three shot lead on 17. And again, you're thinking, okay, this is where Phil is going to do something crazy because we've seen it too many times. Even though Phil's won majors, he. 1-5 going into the PGA Championship. We've all seen Phil do Phil stuff. It's never going to be easy, right? So Phil standing on the par 317. Hits a really good shot. Hits it long into some cabbage. At that point, doesn't need to get up and down. Just needs to make a bogey. Preserve a two-shot lead. And he does that with water lurking on the backside. He pitches it out to 25 feet. Makes a two-putt for, two for a bogey. So there's Phil. Two-shot lead, 72nd tee, just has to basically make a bogey for history. Louis did not make a birdie on the 72nd hole. If he did, Phil would have had a one-shot lead in the last hole, but it was a two-shot lead. Phil hit it left, and he explained this after the round. The trouble was right. He knew that if he hit it left, he had to carry a bunker at 325, and he thought that was absolutely no problem. He was right. It did go a little bit left, but he hit it into the gallery area where it was trampled down and actually left himself a really good angle to the hole. Phil is a nine iron in, puts it on the green to about 15 feet, and essentially clinches the PGA Championship at that point. I screamed. I terrified my cat. I've been a Phil fan for, God, ever since the 1999 U.S. Open at Pinehurst, where he lost to Payne Stewart. That was where I fell in love with Phil, one of his many near misses. And to watch someone play for two decades, see them succeed, but also see them fail in many big moments, to see him at this age, typical age for golfers where something goes haywire. We saw Tom Watson, the British Open, 
at age 59, needing to make a par at the 72nd hole. He couldn't get it done. Greg Norman at the British Open just the year before in 2008 had a lead at age 53 going into the final round. He couldn't get it done. We've seen golfers at this age compete for major championships and have an opportunity to win major championships. And for Phil Mickelson to be the guy to actually not only have the lead, but then get it done is so fitting. It's not necessarily a bookend on his career. As he said in the post-game press conference, maybe this will be the last win of my career. Maybe I'll go on a run. He already talked about Torrey Pines coming up in a few weeks. And I'll get into that with Nick later on in the week and kind of spinning this forward and what that means for Phil's career. But to have so many opportunities where he could have made a big number or he could have missed many big putts or the lead was going to slip away. On a very, very difficult day, Phil was steady Eddie, and he got it done. And it, aside from Tiger winning the Masters a couple years ago, is probably the most excited I've ever been watching someone win a golf tournament. I'll throw Phil winning his first major in there when he won the Masters in 2004, because at that point he was 34, and it looked like, God, is this guy ever going to win a major? And he picked up his sixth. It was an incredible day, one I'll never forget. I was glued to my TV for four and a half hours, and the scene on 18, everyone surrounding him, aside from that one jerk who grabbed Phil aggressively as he was walking up to the green, um, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. What a venue. It felt like a U.S. Open. I know it's a PGA Championship, and it's a major. I don't want to get into those semantics too much, but even though Phil hasn't won a U.S. Open, it felt a little U.S. Open-y with the venue, the setup, and the longest golf course in major championship history was won by the oldest champion in major championship history. It's just, it's incredible. It's incredible what he did. Um, I'm recording this on a Monday, 24 hours later. I still don't really believe that it happened because it was so improbable. I mean, he shot 65 the other week in the opening round of a PGA Tour event. So it's not like he wasn't showing any signs. But for him to go out and win this golf tournament is nothing short of remarkable. I mean, he's one of the longest long shots, as I said earlier, in major championship history to actually pull it off and get it done. Uh, What does this mean? So Phil was 115th in the world coming into the event. He now moves to 32nd in the world. He is the fifth lowest ranked player to win a major title since the official world golf ranking started in the late 80s. So to say he was a long shot was an understatement. I saw one other number that I want to rattle off in terms of official world golf rankings. Phil has the most weeks at number two in the world with never having been the number one ranked player by a lot. So Phil was ranked number two in the world for 270 weeks. Jim Furyk is next at 39 weeks. Phil's never been the number one player in the world. Obviously, a big consequence of that is playing in the Tiger Woods era. But some of Tiger's contemporaries, David Duvall, BJ Singh, Ernie Els, were ranked number one in the world. That never happened for Phil. But now he owns a record that may be broken. Maybe maybe Phil himself will break it. But right now, Phil stands alone in the history books. He is the last amateur to win a PGA Tour event, and he's the oldest golfer to ever win a major. Because Phil got this victory, he'll now have exemptions into the next five U.S. Opens. 
Obviously, he has a lifetime exemption in the Masters, the British Open, PGA, because he won those events. But now Phil has five more cracks at the U.S. Open. Don't want to get too carried away, but you never know. You never know. The next U.S. Open is being played at Torrey Pines in San Diego, a place Phil knows very well. Before we get to his place in history, do want to remind you that the best way for you to be dialed in, whether you're 5 or 50, is Precision Pro and their spectacular rangefinders. Go to PrecisionProGolf.com, use that promo code TURN10 at checkout, save $10 off. Golf season's here, baby. Memorial Day weekend is upon us. The summer, you're traveling. The sticks, you've got them out. The dust is off. You're working on your game. But you got to get those yardages. you got to be dialed in. PrecisionProGolf.com. Promo code TURN10 at checkout to save $10. Okay, what does this mean for Phil? Where is he in the annals of the game? He's the oldest major winner ever. I'll probably say that four more times. This is his sixth major title. Tied for 13th all-time with Lee Trevino and Sir Nick Faldo. Both. Saw a lot of folks on there saying that uh, old Sir Nick wasn't too happy about Phil tying his record. And Faldo strikes me as that kind of guy, where he's probably not too thrilled that he has more company with his golf accomplishments. So again, Phil, his sixth major, tied for 13th all-time. His 45th PGA Tour win, tied for Walter Hagen for fifth all-time. I just think it's great that, before I get to Phil's specific place in history, so often... Phil is thought of for his blunders. I mean, you think of 2006 and winged foot, where he made a double bogey in the 72nd hole, one of his six runner-up finishes in the U.S. Open. He's known for making mistakes, not coming up clutch, wilting in the big moments. I hope this goes a long way to maybe not shifting that narrative, because even as Phil was coming down the stretch at this major that he won, I mean, the thought was in everyone's mind. Is Phil going to blow this? What's going to happen? It's never easy. But for God's sakes, the man's won six majors. He's won 45 times on tour. Maybe let's shift the focus to his accomplishments a little more than his mistakes. The dude is one of the best golfers of all time. I think by any metric, he is in the top 15. I have him in the top 12. There's an argument to be made for top 10. So here we go. I'm going to rip off... The top 12 golfers of all time, Tiger Jack, Bobby Jones, Ben Hogan, Gary Player, Byron Nelson, Sam Snead, Walter Hagen, Gene Sarazen, Tom Watson, Arnold Palmer, and then Phil Mickelson. Now, in terms of wins and majors, essentially all those guys are ahead of Phil, but there's really no one nipping at his heels in terms of majors and PGA Tour wins, who's not on that list? I think the argument for Phil to be a top 10 all-time golfer is his longevity. The fact that he won his first PGA Tour event 30 years ago, did it as an amateur, and his career spans Tiger Woods. It eclipses Tiger Woods. Tiger was a tour player in 96. Who knows if Tiger's going to get back? I hope he does. But Phil started in 92, even though he won in 90, was an amateur. He was a college kid then. 92 to present. Like, it's still happening. 
The fact that he was able to amass so many victories, get six majors, and have that happen during the time of Tiger is nothing short of incredible. You could really do this with any of Tiger's contemporaries, like Ernie Els, I think finished third to Tiger in 2000 in three majors, Tiger's best year of his career. You could do that to David Duvall. You could do that to VJ. Maybe Davis Love, if you wanted to throw him in there, a couple other guys. But for Phil to have all these accomplishments during the Tiger era makes it all that more impressive. I know you can say the same thing about Tom Watson when it comes to Jack Nicholas, or Lee Trevino when it comes to Jack Nicholas, or Gary Player, Arnold Palmer. My argument is the fields are much deeper now. Like when Jack played, and this is not to diminish any of the old guys by any stretch of the imagination, and I do think. The farther back you go in history, the more true this is. So like in Jack's era in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, there wasn't a ton of guys winning major championships the way that you have now. There's less random major champions from that era than there are in this era. And I think that there are so many more guys who can win big tournaments in the past 20, I'll even say 30 years, than there were in the preceding 20 to 30 years, which to me means Phil is in the conversation for being top 10 all time. It's the longevity. Like Arnold Palmer, rest in peace, King, all of his majors were in a very short period of time. He really racked them up in a short period of time. Walter Hagen won five PGA championships. They were all match play. You know, Bobby Jones, he won in an era where there weren't a ton of players. Byron Nelson won 11 straight tournaments, but he did it during an era where players were over in World War II. Sam Snead, I'm, I'm not going to say a damn thing against Sam Snead because dude is incredible. He, he was leading the PGA Championship at age 66 after 36 holes, so I'm not going to say anything about him. And obviously Tom Watson... Almost won the British at 59. He had a long and successful career. So I'm not going to put Phil in the top 10. I don't feel comfortable saying that Phil is a top 10 golfer of all time. I'm going to caveat a little bit and say there's an argument to be made for Phil being in a top 10 golfer of all time. Like after four beers, you could talk me into it. Absolutely. If we're at a bar and you want to make the case for Phil Mickelson, I'm not going to stand in your way. I think there is a really strong case to be made that he's in the top 10, maybe even like 8th or ninth. I just think that when you're looking at that list of 12 guys, Phil falls in there in the back half. And I don't really think there's an argument to be made that he's not in that top 12 of all time. Before this tournament, I would have put him 15th or 16th I think guys like Trevino, Faldo, probably ahead of him because of the six majors, because Faldo won three masters, because Trevino did it in the Nicholas era. There was a little more consistency. But this is this accomplishment means more than just one major title, if that makes sense. So it's not as though you can just say from Phil goes from five to six. He's done something that no one else has ever done. I mean, you heard it at nauseum that Julius Boros won the PGA Championship at age 48, and that happened in 1968. There's a reason why no one's won a major at age 50. It's really freaking hard. 
That's a really hard thing to do. And Phil Mickelson did it. And it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in sport. It was, it was awesome. And I can't wait to get Nick's thoughts on it later in the week. Again, we're going to do another pod later in the week. Kind of move this forward. What happens from here? Before I wrap up, I do want to hit a few other things from the PGA Championship. I'll just rip through them real quick. So Ricky Fowler, he got a special exemption. Nick was not too happy about that. Made the most of it. Finished T8. First top 10 finish since January of 2020. Ah, but Ricky could have been so much more. He missed a putt on 18, which would have gotten him in at T4. And you think, all right, whatever. Ricky's got plenty of money. He's in every freaking commercial that you see on the Golf Channel. If Ricky made his last putt on 18... He would have gotten an exemption into the PGA Championship and the Masters next year. Fourth place and higher gets you into those events. And he has to be in the top 50 to get in those. And he ain't right now, despite the good finish, 101st in the world. Will Zalatoris, happy Gilmore's caddy. All he does is finish top 10 in majors. He finished tied for eighth. He's now gone T6 at the U.S. Open last fall. Second. In the Masters this year, solo second, and T8. So that's a sixth, a second, and an eighth in his only three major championships. Incredible. Defending champ, Colin Marikawa. Solid showing. Solid showing. Finished T8. Patrick Harrington. How about Patty? Old man Patty coming in. The three-time major winner and the Ryder Cup captain shot a 69 on Sunday to finish tied for fourth. So we'll see him at Augusta next year. And Benny Cook, one of two PGA pros that made the cut, slipped on Sunday, but still a nice finish, tied for 44th, takes home a cool $31,300 and the low PGA Pro Award for the PGA Championship. What a tournament, truly. We like to goof in the PGA Championship on this podcast and say there's no real defining characteristic about it. Everyone tries to fix it, say there's match, needs to be match play. Some people say play it with wooden clubs. Do something to distinguish it. You've got the Masters, you've got the U.S. Open, you've got the British Open. Well, I think this goes to prove if you've got the right venue and the right champion, everything takes care of itself. This was a great, great tournament. The best PGA Championship I can remember. A 50-year-old won it. It's my favorite golfer of all time. Phil Mickelson picks up his sixth major title. If you want to win a major at 50, the formula is simple. Go to precisionprogolf.com. Use promo code TURN10 at checkout. Save on those beautiful rangefinders. Nick and I will be back later in the week. We're going to talk a little Ryder Cup. Try some more thoughts on Phil. And I'm sure some other fun stuff as well. Thank you so much for listening to this emergency podcast. I can't believe Phil did it. It was awesome. We'll talk to you real soon. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.